if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now at minutes past 10 o'clock. Thanks for being with us on this Monday, the 16th morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord 2021. Um, this is just the kind of thing you don't expect to see. I just, uh, during the, the news break, I got a news alert, came across my phone, um, talking about people trying to jump on moving airplanes as they are taking off. I told you at the beginning of the program, one of the videos that I saw this morning was of uh, a U.S. transport plane landing um, in uh, Kabul and it being swarmed by people sprinting on the runway trying to jump on it to try to get inside. They wanted to, to get their spot so that they could be evacuated. Now, I don't know which of them were Americans, which of them are Afghanis with uh, dual citizenship, which ones, uh, uh, which ones were just Afghanis who had helped the Americans and thus were going to be subject to extraordinary cruelty and killing by the Taliban, whatever the case may be. They were trying to get on board that plane. Now, I just saw a headline that came across my screen, and it appears that it is gone now, but I'll just give you the paraphrase of it, that people were trying to jump on departing flights, and they were reportedly falling from very high altitudes before, uh, you know, uh, obviously the, the planes took off. They were They were speeding down the runway, at least according to the very short headline that I read. And people, the reason I'm bringing this up, of course, is because I want to express and and help people understand the desperation of the situation in Afghanistan right now. And again, just because this is not happening on Main Street or your street or mine doesn't make this an extraordinarily important issue to American citizens, to all of us. Um, we have Americans who work for the U.S. government and working in that embassy. We have American civilians who are contractors, who are employees. We, of course, have military personnel as well. And they are all in extraordinary danger right now, as are, again, some of our Afghani allies who are working for the defense forces to you know, stop the Taliban, which, of course, is just you know a, de- a devastating organization that is every bit, according to... And I, I kind of want to play this for you. 
a U.S. Army veteran who did an interview on MSNBC who said this, um, that the Taliban is every bit as evil as the Nazis. They conduct mass executions and are doing so right now in some of the cities like Kandahar. They make people come into the stadiums and watch those executions. Women are banned from going to work now in Herat. Uh, That was a common theme from all across the country. Women are treated in ways and girls that I cannot describe on radio and that this veteran won't even talk about either. But we're talking about, you know, an organization that Taliban that is every bit as brutal, if not as powerful, because they don't have a full-on military under their thumb the way Hitler did, but as, as the Nazi regime. And if people don't think that's worth fighting and battling and stopping, um, I don't know what is. I understand. I really do understand. A lot of people have said, how long can we keep American forces spending our blood and our treasure in foreign countries that are going to devolve into civil wars and blah, blah, blah. We can't do that forever. It's not our business. I really do get it. That's a non-interventionist kind of a position that I do understand. But the other side of that coin is just as, you know, just as important, and that is at what point do we pull our troops out of there, allowing a terrorist organization, a terrorist sponsoring and funding organization like the Taliban, which sponsored and funded the Al-Qaeda 20 that turned into 19, that attacked the United States on September 11, 2001. You understand that? The Taliban was responsible for that. At what point do we say, okay, we don't want to be over there anymore because it doesn't involve us, let's get out? Do we have to say, you know, maybe we have to stay over there because it does involve us? If we don't stop that evil organization from taking control and power again, it's going to have very serious negative consequences on us to the way it did on 9-11. Now, whether it's on that scale or not is, of course, you know, uh, nobody really knows what kinds of things that they're trying to, they're going to try to do next. But you know they're not going to, they're not trying to take over Afghanistan again just because they love the, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the landscape. They're not there just because they think this is a fun place to live. They are trying to take it over again because they want to use it as a base of their own operations for their own objectives, and we know what those are. By the way, update, U.S. evacuation flights have now been suspended in Kabul as video emerges of those Americans clinging to the aircraft that I just told you about. Clinging to the aircraft as it tries to take off of, and people are falling and presumably getting very seriously hurt or worse. And my friends, all of this, all of this must be laid at the feet of Joe Biden. The blood of these people is on his hands. He had no earthly idea what was going on. Literally five weeks ago said, oh, the Taliban's nothing. They're not going to take over anything. Five weeks ago, they're never going to see anything like helicopters on the on the roofs of our embassies evacuating people because here comes the Taliban. They're nothing like the North Vietnamese army. 
He and the Biden entire administration were so woefully unprepared for what's happening right now. It is criminal. In my estimation, it is impeachable. And for him to be on vacation right now, not addressing the American people, it makes it worse by a factor of 10. I told you before, and I'm going to give it to you now, CNN decided to start practicing journalism again for the first time maybe in 20 years, 30 years. Jake Tapper on CBS's State of the Union had Secretary of State Tony Blinken on the air yesterday to defend the Biden administration's handling of the withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan. I want you to listen to the questions. Yes, to Blinken's answers, too. But listen to Tapper's questions. And again, I bring this up to underscore how badly the Biden administration has bungled this when their staunch allies, their water carriers on CNN and MSNBC and in the New York Times turn on them. That's how bad it's gotten. Take a listen to what President Biden was saying less than six weeks ago. Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That is not true. They did not they didn't did not reach that conclusion. There's gonna be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy. The likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. Secretary Blinken, as you know, the Taliban has closed in on Kabul. We're evacuating the embassy, burning documents. Biden increased troops deploying to the country twice in three days just to rescue those there. This is not just about the overall idea of leaving Afghanistan. This is about leaving hastily and ineptly. Secretary Blinken, how did President Biden get this so wrong? Jake, first, let's put this in context. Uh, And as we discussed before, we were in Afghanistan for one overriding purpose, uh, to deal with the folks who attacked us on 9-11. That's why we went there 20 years ago. Uh, And over those 20 years, uh, we brought bin Laden to justice. Uh, We vastly diminished the threat posed by al-Qaeda in Afghanistan to the United States to the point where it's not capable of conducting such an attack again from Afghanistan. We're going to keep in place in the region the capacity to see any reemergence of a terrorist threat and to be able to deal with it. Uh, And on the terms that we went into Afghanistan in the first place, we've succeeded in achieving our objectives. Uh, When the president uh, came to office, he had a decision to make. Uh, The previous administration negotiated an agreement with the Taliban that said that our forces, our remaining forces, only about 2,500, would be out of the country Uh, on May 1st. And the idea that uh, the status quo could have been maintained uh, by keeping our forces there, uh, I think is simply wrong. Uh, The fact of the matter is, had the president decided to keep forces in Afghanistan beyond May 1st, uh, attacks would have resumed on our forces. Uh, The Taliban had not been attacking our forces or NATO during the period uh, from which the agreement was reached to May 1st. The offensive you're seeing across the country now to take these provincial capitals uh, would have commenced, uh, and uh, we would have been back at war with the Taliban. And I'd probably be on this program today explaining why we were sending tens of thousands of American forces back into Afghanistan and back to war, something the American people simply uh, don't support. That is the the reality. Uh, That's the context that we're, uh, we're dealing with. You cited the the May 1st deadline uh, negotiated uh, by the Trump administration. You did blow back, blow through that deadline. We did have troops uh, there after uh, May 1st. Um, But I think, again, the issue here is not just the withdrawal of U.S. forces. It's how they were withdrawn, Uh, the the rapidity, the the hastiness. Um, President Obama's former ambassador to Afghanistan, Ryan Crocker, He called the way this was done, 
quote, a handover to the Taliban, and quote, we have hung them out to dry about the Afghan people. Crocker continued, quote, I'm left with some grave questions in my mind about Biden's ability to lead our nation as commander in chief to have read this so wrong, or even worse, to have understood what was likely to happen and not care. I'm going to repeat that because it's important. Tapper is quoting former Afghanistan ambassador under Barack Obama, which is Joe Biden's former boss, Ryan Crocker. I am left with some grave questions in my mind about his ability to lead our nation as commander-in-chief. To have read this so wrong, or even worse, to have understood what was likely to happen and not care. This is not a conservative Republican, Ryan Crocker. This is not some member of the RNC. This isn't somebody in the House Republicans. This is Ryan Crocker, ambassador to Afghanistan under Barack Obama. And Joe Biden said that Joe Biden is not fit to lead this country as commander-in-chief. How does Tony Blinken answer that? Quote, does President Biden not bear the blame for this disastrous exit from Afghanistan? Uh, Jake, we've seen two things. First, uh, we've known all along, uh, we've said all along, including the president, that the Taliban was at its greatest position of strength uh, at any time since 2001 when it was last in charge of the country. That is the Taliban uh, that we inherited. Uh, And so we saw that they were very much capable of going on the offensive uh, and uh, beginning to take uh, back the country. But at the same time, we had invested over four administrations billions of dollars uh, along with the international community in the afghan security and and defense forces uh, building a modern military uh, with the most sophisticated equipment three hundred thousand forces strong with an air force that the taliban didn't have Uh, and the fact of the matter is uh, we've seen that that force has been unable to defend the country and that has happened more quickly than we anticipated well the idea of uh, them the force not being able to defend i mean what a lot of experts believe uh, and you can disagree with this if you want is that uh, having U.S. air support, having U.S. intelligence there to help the Afghan troops on the ground is what stiffens their spine, enables them uh, to do what they do. And that's part of the larger issue about whether or not the U.S. should have left behind any sort of residual force. But, but beyond that is, again, the question of how poorly this was done. The idea that... You notice this? You notice how strange this is? This is CNN. Tapper coming back to it again. After Blinken completely deflected, and by the way, he, he also completely reversed himself and reversed the position of Joe Biden, who said, no, there's no way that the, the uh, Taliban can, can possibly overrun the country. They only have 75,000 members. That's not like the North Vietnamese army was in Saigon. They have only 75,000 people going up against a security force of 300,000 and an Air Force. They can't do this. Then here comes Tony Blinken saying, you know, we knew that the Taliban was extraordinarily strong, the strongest they've been since 2001. Well, if you knew they were so strong, why did Joe Biden say they were so weak? And if you knew they were so strong, why would you then thus turn the nation over to them by removing the remaining troops as hastily as you did? And shockingly, strangely, Tapper kept asking the question. President Biden ordered 2,500 service members out and now is sending up to 5,000 service members back in. Does that not on its face show that the the exit was ineptly planned? And again, 
look, you told me a few months ago on this program that you thought it was entirely likely that the Taliban would be taking over the country. But President Biden, just last month, quote, the likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. He was wrong. Jake, what we've done, what the president has done, is make sure that we were able to adjust to anything happening on the ground. Uh, and the fact that, we, that he sent additional forces in, we had those forces at the ready, fully prepared to go in the event uh, that this moved in a direction where we needed forces in place to ensure that our personnel was safe and secure, uh, to ensure also that we could do everything possible to bring out of Afghanistan those Afghans most at risk. That's exactly what we're doing. Why didn't you uh, have the troops in there and then let that happen first before taking them out? Again, I come back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, which is that that status quo I, was not sustainable. Uh, like it or not, uh, there was an agreement that the forces would come out on May 1st. Had they not, had we not begun that process, which is what the president did, uh, and the Taliban saw, then we would have been back at war with the Taliban. And we would have been back uh, at war uh, with tens of thousands of troops having to go in because the 2,500 troops we had there and the air power would not have sufficed to deal with the situation, especially as we see, uh, alas, the hollowness of the, uh, the Afghan security forces. And by the way, from the perspective of our strategic competitors around the world, there's nothing they would like more than to see us in Afghanistan for another 5, 10, 20 years. It's simply not in the national interest. You keep changing the, the subject to whether or not we should be there forever, and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about whether or not this exit was done properly, uh, taking out all the service members before those Americans and those uh, Afghan translators could get out. That's what I'm talking about. And then you have to send people back in. That shows, that's a definition of, oh, we shouldn't have taken those troops out because now we have to send twice as many back in. Look. I think it shows that uh, we were prepared. The president was prepared for every contingency. As <laughs> I can't let you hear any more of Blinken because it's just too comical. But I wanted you to hear Tapper because I will give credit where it is due. Yes, I will e even give credit to a liberal Democrat-run network like CNN when it is due. It is very, very rarely due, but it is here. Taliban or Taliban Tapper. Uh, stayed on Blinken like like a, like a bulldog. It was very, very impressive, and it's exactly what needed to happen here. Even if Blinken is going to continue to come back with, we were prepared for any contingency. Really? Then why are there people hanging on to the wings of departing airplanes in Kabul and falling to their deaths trying to get out of the nation that you claim that you just handled properly? I'll be right back. Okay, it's uh, 1029, so we don't have a ton of time here. Um, I do want to keep the last half hour open for you. I really filled most of this with audio that you needed to hear from some of the important players. Uh, not just in, you know, D.C. as it pertains to the new terrorism threat that is on its way to the United States because of the Biden administration's complete bungling of Afghanistan, but the media actually calling them out on it. That part is extraordinarily important. When you see the Times, MSNBC, CNN, which has just, you know, covered for every last mistake and every horrific policy and every Marxist, uh, you know, uh, ideology that they've tried to advance from the, uh, from the Democratic office holders, 
When you see them turning on them, then you know they've really screwed it up. When you see the media turning on these uh, Democratic office holders, you know they have really screwed it up. When you hear a member of the former Obama administration proclaiming that the current president, Joe Biden, cannot be trusted as commander-in-chief, something is happening. I want to leave the next half hour to you. 216-901-0945, And to make it easy to get you started, I'm going to ask you very directly, should we send troops back into Afghanistan to stop the Taliban? Should we send the troops back in, or do you want us to pull everybody out, including those in the embassy, and let whatever happens there happen there? You make the call. Literally make the call and call me at 216-901-0945. We'll be back. for Bob? A comment? A complaint? Hit up the authority message line. Call 216-525-1806 and make your voice heard. That's 216-525-1806. Call the authority message line. Yeah, that's the message line, but uh, that's not what I want you to call right now, actually. I want you to call us live at 216-901-0945. So let's clarify that. That's uh, that's for uh, times when we're off the air. 216-901-0945 is the number to dial now with the answer to this question. Do we send the troops back in? I'm not talking about the five or 6,000 that are going back in, presumably to uh, help evacuate American citizens, Afghani translators who worked with American, the Americans in the effort to stabilize Afghanistan, to help the people of Afghanistan to establish a democratic government free of Taliban control. We have sent Lord knows how many billions of dollars in equipment, military, weaponry, transports, and so on and so forth. We have done so much for that nation in order to try to stop it from being you know, run by the Taliban because that was the base of operations of Al-Qaeda, the organization that brought you 9-11. Now that we see that the abandonment of the Afghani people by the Biden administration has led to a full-on Taliban surge as they have taken control of Kabul and of many other very important towns uh, and provinces of Afghanistan, it is almost a certainty, a guarantee, that it will lead to the revival or to a revival of uh, Al-Qaeda. And there was a time when Al-Qaeda was the biggest concern this country had, far, far, far more than COVID, far, far more of a concern than critical race theory, etc., etc. According to at least one report, that I read earlier this morning, the Taliban has overrun Bagram Air Base, which is where a lot of Al-Qaeda high-value prisoners were being held, and they have now been freed. The Taliban took control of Bagram Air Base on Sunday, 
a former American air base that the U.S. turned over to the Afghani control last month. The Taliban have reportedly released thousands, not hundreds, thousands of prisoners that were held at Bagram, including members of al-Qaeda, the terror group that carried out the 9-11 attacks and prompted the U.S. invasion of Afghanistan in 2001. Bagram was under control of the U.S. military for roughly two decades before leaving in control of the Afghani military in July as the U.S. pulled out. In other words, another fateful decision by the Biden administration. The Taliban claims it has overrun Bagram Air Base and freed prisoners. Many high-value detainees were located there, including members of al-Qaeda, This will reverberate for years to come, said Bill Roggio, Long War Journal editor and terror analyst. U.S. and Afghan sources confirmed reports of the Taliban takeover at Bagram. Senior U.S. official tells CBS News Bagram has fallen with prisoners released. Note, historically, these prison releases have been catastrophic, strengthening al-Qaeda and associated groups and touted in propaganda as major victories. So it just it begs the obvious question, my friends. Do we send the troops back in? Not just the four or five thousand to evacuate people, but to fight the Taliban again. Now here's the problem I have, obviously. We have had so much blood spilled in Afghanistan since November of two thousand one when we first went there, with a noble reason, obviously, as we pointed out. A very noble reason. But to to sacrifice that blood and that treasure, taking land, then giving it back to the people from whom you took it in order to try to advance democracy, then have to go back and retake the land again, land again. When I say the land, of course, I'm not talking about physical land like we're confiscating property, but obviously trying to uh, regain control of that nation and give it back to the people of Afghanistan, this time providing a security force that will stop the Taliban from reconstituting itself the way they did this time. Do we go back in? And, you know, the most important people to answer this question probably would be the parents of, of service members, servicemen and women. If you've got a son or a daughter in the United States Army, the United States Marines, do you want to see them be deployed to Afghanistan to battle the Taliban again? I want to give you a little bit more audio here before I do anything else. And again, dial 216-901-0945 to answer that question. Do you want us to go back in again, or do you want us to just stay out of it and lay low and let whatever happens there happen? And if the Taliban reconstitutes, it reconstitutes. But I want you to listen to this clip. I, I told you about him a few minutes ago. But this is a U.S. Army veteran on MSNBC talking about how bad the Taliban really is and why it was important for us to stop them in the first place and maybe whether or not we should go back in and have to stop them a second time. Listen. Uh, government governance was monumental. 
But things have changed. Things were better for a whole lot of Afghans. This was not just a bad news story until today. Well, Matt, that kind of gets to the second part of Terry's question about how long American troops should be expected to give up their lives for an unwinnable war. Understanding, of course, that baked into the question is the assumption that the war is unwinnable. But considering what Kevin told us, I wonder if you, Matt, think that this could have gone any other way. I mean, as long as the American military stayed there, we essentially protected the status quo. I would argue that what is now transpiring is far worse. Look, let me ask your viewers this. I wanted this war to end, too, okay? I have a daughter. She's nine. If it had gone on much longer, she could have fought in it. And shame on us for having it gone on that long. It would have been like if I had fought in Vietnam when I graduated from high school. But that being said, if we're a country that really truly cares about human rights and defending those human rights, unfortunately, sometimes that means defending them at the barrel end of a gun. And the people who just took over Afghanistan are as evil as the Nazis. They are conducting mass executions right now in some of the cities like Kandahar, where they come and they make people come to the stadiums and watch it. Women in Herat are now banned from going to work. And that seems to be a common theme now all across the country. I, I can't help but think that what has transpired is truly awful. And what I'm most concerned about is not only the 10,000 American citizens who are still currently trapped in Afghanistan, some of whom are my own family. I'm also worried about the over 90,000 Afghan wartime allies and their family members, the interpreters, the truck drivers, the, the engineers, the IT workers, the people who picked up our trash. All of those people now are going to be sentenced to death. Matt, because the Taliban this one? I'm sorry to That again is uh, Matt Zeller, a U.S. Army veteran who was on MSNBC, talking about how evil the Taliban is, as evil as the Nazis. Those 90,000 interpreters, truck drivers, engineers, IT workers, and their families, etc., that he just talked about, in other words, allies to the United States' effort to try to stop the Taliban, he said they will be sentenced to death because the Taliban hate them. I hate to say it, but it's worse than death. They're going to be sentenced to torture. They're going to be sentenced to rapes, the women and the girls, the family members of the, the individuals who helped the, the U.S. effort there. They're going to be subjected to unspeakable horrors before they're killed because that's what the Taliban does. So if you take this veteran at his word, and I, and I do, describing the Taliban as just as evil as the Nazis, how can you suggest that we shouldn't go fight the Nazis until they're gone? until they're literally gone. If we had it to do over again, should, would we, because it costs so much blood and treasure, should we not have gone into Europe and, and battled and defeated Hitler? Should we not have gone because we knew how much blood it was going to cost us? Well, that's not our problem. It's a problem uh, you know, all the way over there. But obviously we recognized after a delay... We recognize that the battle that the British were fighting against the Nazis, that we needed to join because they were going to export their horror around the rest of the world. Isn't it similar? Now, it may not be in the force or in the form, rather, of a fighting force with, you know, Nazi tanks and troops and so on and so forth coming into other continents, coming onto other continents and, and, and establishing their world domination in that way. 
but they do export their horror and their terror by way of terrorist activity in nations all around the globe. If the Taliban is just as evil as the Nazis in a different way, you know, rather than using ovens to commit their genocide, they use terror, they use bombs, they use fire, they use all kinds of other more modernized, well, not, they're not even modern, actually they're more the opposite. Many of them are, are more, uh, more middle-aged in their, you know, middle ages in their, uh, uh, in their tech with what they do is they just burn people to death and other terrible things. But, you know, the, the fact remains that they are committing mass murder. They are committing genocide of a different type. If we were willing to go and fight the Nazis where they were before they came here, how can we not be willing to go fight the Taliban and other terror uh, sponsors before they export their terrorism back here again? Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. I do want to hear from you. Let's uh, take a quick time out and come right back on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. All right, it's ten fifty. I've given you all of the information I possibly can. Let's see what you have to say now. Jr. is in Solon. Thank you for being patient. Jr. You're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Hey, good morning, Robert. Uh, good morning, Jr. And two things. Two things. Uh, one, we should absolutely not put any more money in. It's like pissing down a rat hole. Um, we do have a family member in the service, and what's gone on over there has been a, a terrible tragedy on, on so many parts. Uh, it's, no way. But anyway, I got, I want to challenge you or at least ask you in regards to Sleepy Joe, I don't think anything he's done is impeachable. He is incredibly incompetent and a, a total boo, but I don't think he can, in, uh, that's a political solution rather than a uh, legal one. He hasn't done anything, right? He's just shown that he's not up to the job. That's all I have to say. Well, I appreciate that, Jaron. Thank you for your thoughts on whether or not we should uh, continue to invest over there as well, both money and blood. Um, as for the impeachable nature of, I, I think the southern border itself he is, he is literally refusing to defend American sovereignty. He is literally refusing to, to provide America security. There are more drugs and weapons flowing across that border from 150 countries. They think it's just people coming from the Northern Triangle uh, countries of Central America. It's not. And they know it. They have been warned by Border Patrol. They have been warned by ICE. They have been warned by anybody and everybody who is an expert in, in, in our southern border and protecting this country that they are allowing American citizens to die by their own inaction, intentional inaction. Joe Biden, six months in, has never gone to the border to consult and strategize with the people who work down there on how to stop this. That's impeachable. He has assigned Kamala Harris to do it. She won't go either. She went down to El Paso, which isn't even where it's happening, and only once. And the rest of this is completely AWOL. They are not doing the jobs that their oaths demand that they do. 
That's impeachable. American sovereignty, American territory, American security is all has all been surrendered by the Biden administration. If that's not impeachable, I don't know what is. But you're 100% right about his incompetence, too, which is why I asked Jim Jordan about either impeaching or invoking the 25th Amendment. Well, there's a reason why this guy hasn't spoken all weekend. Kabul fell, and Joe Biden is in Camp David on vacation, resting, and, and Lord only knows doing what because he is so completely in this above his head. I, I, that's impeachable. We are, we are a ship without a captain, if not without a rudder. That's impeachable. This is more than just incompetence. This is by design and by choice that he is not doing or saying anything, because they know as soon as he steps up to speak, it'll be embarrassing, and Xi Jinping, and Vladimir Putin, and the Amulas and Ayatollahs in Iran, and everybody else that hates this country will just get continue to lick their chops as they look at this completely weak and ineffectual leader. Beth is in uh, Ashtabula. Hi, Beth. Uh, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hi. Um, my son-in-law deployed twice to Afghanistan and once mm-hmm. to Iraq. Um, people need to stop and think. You know, they say we just wasted our, you know, our blood and treasure over there. But you know what? You people who don't know anything about what goes on there, our troops, our intelligence people, and our special ops, they've disrupted a lot of what these jihadists would have done to us in the last 20 years. Don't forget that. We've been relatively safe for 20 years. Now, I don't think we're going to be. And should we go back in? Yeah, well, my short answer was going to be no. But I will say yes. And I will say yes only on one condition, that these troops would be allowed to fight, not with one hand tied behind their back like they've always been in the last 20 years. And scorched earth policy, I don't care, you know, um, annihilate them. And you know what? It's it's like impossible because you're fighting an ideology of true believers and I don't know how you get done how you get rid of that. Well but However, here's the thing though, here's the thing though, Beth. If they say and Biden said this on July eighth, that there's roughly seventy five thousand Taliban that would be fighting against a three hundred thousand Afghan security force, if they know there are seventy five thousand, then they know who they are. And yeah. they should absolutely not fight them this time to contain them, but as you said, to annihilate them, get exactly. rid of them, make sure yeah. that they can't reconstitute again. That's what must happen. Well, our, I think our generals are a little bit more concerned about critical race theory at this point. I don't think they're, you know, sadly, yeah. they're not. No, into you're it. so right. You're so. so right. You're so right. That's the one. I'm angry. That's the one drawback. <laughs> I am too. I am too, Beth. And I don't have any family members serving right now, so I, you know, I'm a little bit, you know, kind of. Um, uh, um, uh, what's the word? Distant from this, I guess, yeah. in that aspect. But, but I, I'm angry too. And the reason why, and I've said this before, if if we get into international incidents under this president and under the the command of Lloyd Austin as our as our Secretary of Defense, then we damn well better have a good State Department and be good at diplomacy because if it comes to war, we're going to lose. Yep. We're going to lose. I don't think we can go over there and fight capably if they're worried more about which pronoun they're calling their comrade in arms next to them in their platoon, for crying out loud, as opposed to whether or not they're actually tactically prepared to defeat the enemy. And that's the way that it is right now in this military under this president. Thank you, Beth, for that phone call. I appreciate it. Uh, Medina, Tim, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead, Tim. 
Hi, Bob. Uh, I'm a veteran of the Marine Corps and the Army. I was at Quezon. The only way you God can bless handle you, sir. Thank you. The only way you can handle a situation with this is massive support, and with there no being no real base at this point, you're looking at a situation like Okinawa. You'd have to pull a Sherman and go in there and burn and destroy and just level everything and take it totally over. American people aren't for that. So no, I don't think we can go back in there at this point. Not with this administration and the way they handle things. What will it take to do it, though? I mean, if they allow the Taliban to do what they're doing at this very second, as you and I speak, and they just released thousands of al-Qaeda terrorists from Bagram Air Base where they were being held, um, is it going to take them flying more planes into, into buildings or, or, or committing another horrific 9-11-style attack before we say, okay, we'll go back now? I believe you're right. It would take a, a terrible event by them for us to respond. And we're not talking 10,000 troops. We're talking hundreds of thousands. Right. Yeah, and I hope it doesn't come to that. Thank you, my friend, and God bless you. For, thank you for your service. Um, Jan in Greater Cleveland. Jan, go ahead. Hi, Hi, Bob. I'm with Beth. Uh, General, we don't have General Patton. I think uh, I think uh, Joe Biden is taking all his calls from uh, Barack Obama. And Barack Obama, thank you very much, Barack. Uh, when uh, Osama bin Laden had lost his teeth and had no strength and was ready to die anyway, he had uh, still team go in there and, and kill him. And then he blabbed uh, who, who they were, and, you know, okay, we got rid of one uh, on his half-dead man, and then we lost 30, uh, 30 good seals, and, uh, and, and a lot of that was they, they think the Afghans, you, you, can't, you can't trust some of the Afghans, and if they can't stand on their own two feet and fight for their freedom, and we're just supposed to go over there. And then under this administration, no. Well, that's the key here. Is, you know, do I th- and thank you for the call, Jan. Uh, we're out of time. Do I think that we can, can the force of the United States military go over there and, and just decimate the Taliban to make sure this cannot happen again? Yes. But under its current leadership, very much no. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. Be safe, be well, be free. We'll see you then. Bye.